0: my name is ben hartley and you are listening to the six figure photography podcast on this show we help you grow your photography business by winning more bookings maximizing profits and breaking through limiting beliefs if you would like to get early access months in advance to future episodes of the podcast to see any visual references mentioned on air there is a live stream of this that went out months in advance over at benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. Again, head over to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. Join over 20,000 other photographers in that community. Today, we have with us Philip Van Nostrand. Philip, is based out of New York City. He's got a strong background in weddings, commercial, lifestyle projects. He's an expert in capturing bright cinematic lifestyle imagery. He travels abroad, uh, travels all over. I gotta understand 40 plus countries. I've been to Mexico, man. I've been to Mexico and Canada, <laughs> Philip. You and I yeah, got to yeah. talk. He also hosts Definitely. the Epic Freelance Life podcast. And today's episode, we're going to be talking all about how to level up to the luxury wedding market, really looking at conferences and networking as a part of that strategy. Philip, welcome to the show. How are you, man?
1: I'm really good, Ben. It's really fun watching you do this.
0: It's <laughs> yeah, very smooth. I just have so much fun doing it. It's really like a it's a hoot to me. Like every time I, I step up to the mic, it really does kind of like, I don't know. It's like a character. It's, it's like just like this fun ben little... Ben 2.0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, this little thing happens. You know, it's like a stage. Yeah, it's like a stage. How has that Your been for you? It
1: drops a register a little bit and like... <laughs> Yeah yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, it does. There's this uh, there's DJ radio voice. voice. Yeah, exactly. So you yeah. recently started a podcast, The Epic Freelance Life Podcast. Yeah. How many episodes in I are
1: got you got to Uh we're just at 15. I just did one earlier today, so I think 15. You we awesome. were like my 10th or 11th interview in there. Nice. So. Dude, that was cool. So cool. Have yeah. you noticed but, uh, yeah, it's new new. Uh, yeah. I, I just started in June. June basically. Okay. Um yeah.
0: Have you noticed the phenomena that, that we just kind of, uh, described for myself, like something like this, something kind of shifts a little, there's like a little extra energy or maybe a a gravely or a voice that kind of happens, (sighs) you know, like, have you noticed that when you press record?
1: I think... I mean I'm definitely it it's like how I feel when I'm on a wedding day or something. I feel yeah. like I'm I'm my best self. Yeah. I'm like I listen very intently. I'm I'm like super hyper focused. There's no distractions. Yep. That part is good. I don't I don't do a DJ voice, but um <laughs> <laughs> but, but I but I am like very like Oh, this could be good. And and I like to kind of go into it a little bit. Like, I I think I turn into my coaching self when I, when I do the podcasting and I I wonder if you do too, a little bit.
0: Yeah. When you say your coaching self, what is that?
1: Like the last, the guy that I just interviewed, he told me that he had never shared what he had shared before, which was that he had like, he was like a traveling musician and, and a lady called him and told him that he had a child that he didn't realize like wow. from his life on the road and and I but he didn't say that at first he just said yeah there was like a a crossroads you know um, a few years back and i kind of like made a life change and i was and so instead of letting that slide i was like will you tell me about the crossroads? Cause I have a feeling there's something there. Yeah. And he like, he like went into it. And so th- that's coaching. Listening for me is like, yeah. not, not letting those little throwaway sentences go by.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, you're, you're right. There's just like an, uh, everything is sharper. Everything is sharper. Yeah. I yeah. totally get it. That's exactly. awesome, man. So you've, uh, you've been out in New York city here. Is that where things began for you or did you end up moving there kind of mid career?
1: Yeah, mid career. I I think I shot my very first wedding in two thousand and eight, mm-hmm. and so after five years of building a, a career in Santa Barbara, California, I moved to New York to pursue more commercial stuff. Okay. So and and I've continued in the events and and weddings life, but I also am shooting like headshots and for brands in New York as well, random yeah. stuff. So,
0: so two thousand eight. Yeah. That's that's a little bit. Uh... It's not fresh, but if that's like, that's not too long ago. You said that's when you shot your first wedding.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm 13 years in, I think. So yeah, yeah th- th- about 13 and you know, uh, what? yeah, it feels long for me. I think five years was like hitting my stride and, and honestly the last like year eight through 13 has really like, my life has changed dramatically. Yeah.
0: I think I just had one of those like, uh, moments as like a 36 year old individual, that I hear 2008 and I'm like, oh, that's not that long ago. I'm like, wait, yeah, it is. 2008 it's is a, actually it's over a, a decade ago. Yeah. I yeah. was <laughs> thinking like, that's like three years ago, Philip. It's yeah, yeah. so crazy. Oh my goodness. What is happening? Yeah.
1: I've been in the game for a little while.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. That, that, that's a great, healthy career, man. That's incredible. So yeah. I want to start by defining some terms. Um, when we, sure. uh, we kind of bantering a little bit yesterday, just about what this conversation could be about, you got really excited about this idea of leveling up to the luxury wedding market and, and some of the approach that you're taking to do that. I'd like to start by defining this idea of luxury wedding market, you know, um, yeah. because I think for some people, $5,000 wedding is a luxury wedding to them, right? I think for some people, yeah. $10,000 weddings... Th- that's just like a like a, a high-end wedding. That could be like a premium wedding, but that's not like a luxury wedding uh, to, to another person. And it's like 10K. And so I'd love to yeah. maybe understand a bit of what you mean when you use this language. So that way we can try to, to connect it to our own stories here.
1: Sure. I, I would say like pretty simply, I, I think in the wedding world in general, if you are working with a client who has a budget, of over a hundred thousand dollars, maybe 200, 250,000 plus, then you're like delving into the luxury realm. And I, I've been to a lot of conferences where <clears throat> they've talked about this with panelists and luxury is a hard word to to define for a lot of people, including like, you know, watch brands and, and liquor brands. So, yeah. but, but for in the wedding world, I would say, when one of the best definitions I heard was when every element of the wedding is personalized or mm-hmm. sort of bespoke. Um, like you're not getting your cards from minted. You're not doing like regular tablecloth linens. You're not doing, um, whatever, you know, you don't just have a DJ, you have like a 12, 12, 12 piece orchestra band, or you have like a calligrapher who's hand designing every single card or you have, um, custom linens from nuage, you know, and mm. so so all when every element is is bespoke and and account and like intentional, then you're in the luxury world, and those weddings happen to be like total budget six figures plus, yeah, and million to five million to ten million is possible too yeah how do and you- so I'm not talking about what a wedding photographer gets paid. I'm talking about like overall budget, obviously, yeah, and I, and I will say in that market, sort of to speak to what you said. Uh, the luxury wedding photographers that I'm familiar with are generally like $12,000 plus for their weddings. Okay. Maybe, maybe 10 is like right at the bottom entry
0: level. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm an entry level luxury photographer.
1: (laughs) Maybe. And and I will say this too. Like I, I think, um, it's, if, if there's no wedding planner involved, then it's probably not a luxury wedding Hmm. the the moment you get into like that six figure realm, you're bringing in a wedding planner and they're the wedding planner is almost my client. There's been many weddings where I haven't met the couple until like the wedding day. It's because the wedding planner was the person that I interacted with up until that point. So kind of a different, different ball game.
0: Yeah, very much. Uh, the wedding I just did this last Saturday, it was the first time I met the client was at the wedding. Uh, she owns the real estate company that, built my house and he owns the local bank. (laughs) So we have these two worlds like coming together. Uh, Stunning, absolutely stunning wedding and fantastic couple. I think one of the things that was, um, that, that, uh, I guess that it gets a bad rap as I'm saying this all, I am imagining that there's some listeners who are thinking, Ooh, I don't like that. Like I don't like those people. Right. And I got to tell you, this couple probably was one of my favorite couples the entire year that I've had. Uh, it, it was so present on the despite all the things, like so fully there, so all about um, exactly yeah. what they wanted the day to be about, which is their family. Um, they're a little older; they got grandkids now too, which is kind of cool. So oh, cool. most of our creative session was actually a creative session with like the grandkids. And anyhow, I digress. But it was um, it was easily one of my That's favorite awesome. couples. Uh, maybe let's speak to that. For a moment. Um, yeah. have you heard this kind of idea that I just expressed that like, um, well, I don't want to be a luxury wedding photographer because of, I don't want those type of clients. Have you heard that idea?
1: Yeah. The, the, the main thing I've heard, um, that is sort of true is like, Oh, if I get into that realm, then I don't even I don't really have a relationship with my clients. I end up mm. I'm talking to the planner more. Mm-hmm. And and I think that there it feels like there's a loss somehow there and yeah. I'll, I'll talk to that in a second. And the other thing you're right is like I was even talking to a wedding planner in Santa Barbara who he's he's probably the top planner in Santa Barbara. He's afraid of raising his prices even more because he doesn't want like problematic clients is what he calls them. Mm. And I think that there's I truly believe that, that your clients can still be sweet from that, like hundred thousand to like 500,000 mark. And maybe they become a little more diva esque or a little more like billionaire. I, I don't know. Like, like what, what you're imagining having like, um, high maintenance is mm-hmm. probably in that million dollar plus range, which is very, very rare. Yeah. Um, and, and at that point, like, I know photographers who have shot those kinds of weddings and I don't think they interact with the clients at all. Like they're just, you know, they're just sort of there and and they're there for the moments and they, they sort of direct things, but it's like, there's, there's, the relationship is not quite there at all. Yeah. Um, And I think if you are a photographer who is ambitious or wants um, sort of status, then that is very appealing. And if you love to have a relationship with your client from the first phone call until like they have their kids after the wedding, then then luxury might not even be of interest. You know, it might yeah. not be the world for you. Yeah, and that's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's your experience been having the? You know, uh, you described it as treating the the planner as the client, right? Um, tell me more about that.
1: Well, I'll say this too. Like in the, I think in the luxury market, um, there are what I would call gatekeepers and the gatekeepers of that world are wedding planners and venues because those are usually where people go first. And if there's a wedding planner, then it's almost a guaranteed that that wedding planner will suggest for their client, like three individuals that match their budget or what they're talking about in terms of their look. And so I'm constantly getting asked by planners now, hey, are you free on this date next year? Great. Hold the spot. I'm going to send you and two other options to this client. And if they like you, then we'll set up an interview. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, it's very, very, very rare for, for me to have a client come directly to me. I don't have like a massive Instagram following. I'm not like a Jose Villa or a Ben Hartley out there. And so it's like, like my SEO game and my Instagram game is not as strong where I'm yeah. just getting organic leads that way. And so for me, I want to know the gatekeepers because those are the people who trust me and love me and like me. And, um, and I just got like literally a text message yesterday from my friend Ali. Are you free next year on April whatever? Um, we got a thing is 11,500 an okay budget. And I was like, yeah, that's great. 10,000, 10 hours, 11,500. I'm in. Yeah. And so, so that, that stuff happens to me all the time. And I didn't even talk to the client yet. She's pre vetting them. Yeah. 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 That's how th- this, that's one... why. Yeah. Th- sorry. I, I'll, I'll just Please. cap it with this. Like, this is why I am whining and dining alley. Not, not like random brides or grooms out there. You know, like I, I my relationship with her is very important and not just to get like jobs out of it, but she's like a really cool human as well. And and now we're friends. And so I've, sh- I, sh- I remember making that shift between like, oh, all my brides and grooms are my friends to all oh, my, all these wedding planners and like venue people are friends. And they're yeah. equally cool people. Yeah. Just a different world that we're playing in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're right. There's, um, there's an opportunity for there still to be incredible relationship, it, but it is a shift of gears. As you've moved this ship to building the relationship with the planner, um in some ways how is that how is that different? Like um yeah, how is that different? how do you approach it um in a way that's differently than, you know, the traditional uh my clients hold the whole experience and my clients yeah. are um the the couple?
1: Yeah. I mean I I would say Two things. One, I am constantly like if I'm in a new city, I am looking up wedding planners that I know in that world uh, or in that city and asking them out to lunch or dinner or coffee or whatever. Um, So that would be my networking. I'll be in Santa Barbara tonight, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, right after this interview. I actually have to fly uh, to California and um, and I got a great wedding planner friend out there uh, Percy Salas, I'm going to check in with him and see if I can't grab a coffee with him while I'm out there. He's already thrown me like two amazing weddings. Um, and so that's how I'm thinking about it. And part two to that answer is, um, I'm going to conferences where these planners are at and there's like one or two really phenomenal conferences and they're really expensive, but they're a hundred percent worth it. And that's where like, I want to say that like top five five or 10% of the wedding market is hanging out. Yeah. So let's talk
0: more about that because one of the questions that I was curious about, I imagine others would be curious of too, is like, how do you go about finding, before even initiating a conversation with, you know, a a planner in this space, how do you even go about finding a planner, like the, the planners who are operating at this level?
1: Yeah. um, Great question. I would say very easily there are luxury wedding markets around the United States and there are non-luxury wedding markets. So it's trickier if you're in... I don't know Ohio or, or <laughs> like, like where I'm at. <laughs> sorry, but I'm just saying like because because there are luxury like in order to have a luxury wedding, you're usually at a five star resort. Yeah, and if your city or state doesn't have a five star hotel or resort, then it's almost a guarantee that like your millionaire clients are not going to be doing the wedding there. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, that there's obviously exceptions to all those rules. So so the luxury markets in in America and and these are cities who has all, have also like cultivated this market is like Colorado's great for it with Aspen and Breckenridge and and Vale. Um obviously Los Angeles has a market. San not really even San Francisco, mm. but Napa, Napa area really does. Yeah. New York, um Chicago, Dallas, Houston, and Not really Austin. I guess uh, Savannah is good for it. There's some of the, like the South, uh, Miami or not even Charleston, Miami. Yes, definitely. Miami has those anywhere. Imagine wherever like a four seasons resort is. That's probably where you're going to have wedding planners who are in that luxury realm.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Ritz Carlton, four seasons, those kinds of places, they, they will have that whole market around them. There will be amazing florists in that, in that city. There will be amazing wedding planners, it's not going to be in Seattle, but it might be in Vancouver, you Yeah, know? or it might not even be there. You know what I mean? It might be. Yeah. Okay. Right Does on. That makes sense. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm tracking, so, especially, so, Well, I mean, just to be clear yeah. too, what you and I are talking about right now is a very, it's a very, um, small percentage. This is like the highest end subset. And I, I, I want to maybe pause and talk about this because I want to encourage people that sure. you can book $10,000 weddings without out yeah. going uh to Miami or California or New York like yeah. i am in ohio and just to, I'd say like 90% of my weddings are 10 K weddings. Right.
1: And I'm in Ohio. Yeah, that That's so, actually amazing. I think it's really hard to do. And I think I'm, I'm actually very impressed that you've pulled that off regularly. Thank you. So, that's
0: cool. <laughs> so yeah, and, yeah. and if that number is, it feels a little like far for you, that's fine. Just dial it down to whatever that number is. That's, that's yeah. a fantasy number, but it's like obtainable 8,000, 7,000. I just want to encourage the listeners that That, you know, Philip and I are talking about a very specific strategy for a very specific, you know, niche. And and, um, so so with that being said, let's talk a little bit more about, like, man, building these relationships. Because, man, if the imposter syndrome comes up for me to just talk to the random planner that, like, I find on Google, because I know that that happens. I can't imagine what would go through my tiny little soul when I'm imagining, like, talking to a planner who's, like in that top percent. And I'm curious sure. to what kind of is going through your mind before you initiate a conversation like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all, it's pretty rare that I'm cold calling anybody. So mm-hmm. I'm usually, we could call it like a warm introduction. Um, if I wanted to get to know like a planner in Ohio, I would ask you for an introduction or someone that I knew out there who's friends with them. So at least there's like a, element of trust. I I think at the top level of any industry that you're in, whether it's like publishing or movies or whatever, like people, you just, you just don't say you don't have time for people that you don't know. And so, so there has to be like the human connection or the introduction. And so for me, it's either like a a little name drop or like a, Hey, I heard great things about you from Julie over in, in Florida. You know, I, I wanted to meet you and, and um just buy you a lunch and there's no sales pitch it's it's like at this point it's truly just relationship building um if they sense that there's like an ask in there then i feel like it's not it's not worth planners times because they're sort of at the top of the food chain you know they're being asked this stuff all the time and even if it's a medium planner or like someone in your market that you want to get to know but you're you don't have an in um I've done this at every level, like um, offer to shoot their kid's birthday party for free or or just do like decor shots for their next wedding. So they have like a gallery of just, you know, the design elements for them. I, you got to do a favor or something for free or, or some way for them to be like, okay, that's an easy, like there's no, there's no barrier there. Like, sure. You can shoot my decor. If it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but, but when you show up on time or early, do the things, deliver it by midnight before they've even asked for it. And like, you know, over deliver then, then you're in and then you have an opening for a conversation, but yeah. but you got to, you have to be a value, I think to other people. Yeah. That's for everything in life. Yeah.
0: So you've brought up this idea of these conferences, uh, networking events. Um, can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about, uh, what these are? I know you've got, you've got on the docket like seven or something like, uh, of these type of events that you're going to be heading to over the next, uh, year, Greece, Italy, Palm beach. Tell me more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This year, uh, this year total, I, I think I'm attending seven conferences, which is insane. Yeah. But, um, but I, I will say the other easiest way to get in front of one of these planners, if if you really are like, you know, luxury sounds like really cool to me and I really want to shoot these like, I call them t- tall flower weddings, you know, <laughs> or like custom weddings or a wedding in a tent, whatever it tall is. Tall flower weddings, um, I love that. Yeah. Which is also, by the way, the road to shooting... Um, celebrity weddings you yeah. know that these these planners that I'm talking about are also doing that and so that's sort of the other way into celebrity if, if that's something you're interested in yeah. Um, besides just like trying to do a favor for somebody or like inviting them to lunch or whatever which is harder you can pay to go to uh, I'll say like the biggest one that's most recognizable is Engage Summits uh, and that's a conference that um, takes place three or four times a year engage summits and um they it cost forty five hundred dollars to attend so it's got a really high barrier to entry wow but the moment but the moment you're there like i was just at engage two weeks ago and they they hosted this one at um in lake como italy Ooh, and i was there wedding there and it yeah. blew my mind yeah oh yeah that's cool I'm jealous of that. Villa um, Belbianello. But, but I, <laughs> I think I said it right. I don't know. Villa Belbianello. That's, Something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, so what I, you know, what I got by paying my way into that room was that, you know, the very first night I was sitting next to a wedding planner from California mm. at our first dinner, and I didn't know her, and she was really cool, and uh, we chatted for an hour, and I had like a, a sort of captive audience, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, and there's out of like the 175 people, I think. 50 or 60 of them are planners. And wow. so I was just in the room, like the opportunities to meet people are at breakfast, lunch and dinner and in between meetings and, and all sorts of stuff. So, and this is not like a WPPI conference, you know, <laughs> I think I have to say this cause I, I imagine a lot of your audience goes to WPPI and, and like for them, like the, the high mark of their career would be to like speak on stage, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so, but, but, I realized that like, ah, the WPBI is definitely in its own world. And Mm -hmm. once I started going to engage, there was like literally a whole other level of photography or, you know, weddings that was happening above me. Mm. And, um, and, and just, you know, now now this is dumb because I didn't do any of this stuff, but I'm friends with the people who shot like Justin Bieber's wedding. And, and I know the people who, who were involved with like, whatever, the Royal stuff. And so, um, it, it's very interesting to be in that world and see like the level that people are operating at. It's yeah. really sharpened my my how I do business and stuff. I yeah. like
0: it. So what yeah. what goes on at these events? Like what what are you paying four thousand five hundred dollars for? And I imagine too that wasn't including the ticket to Italy.
1: No, no, yeah. yeah so so the overall cost would have been. I mean, you. And I have to say this too: they have like three or four different types of conferences. So the Italy one was actually six thousand dollars yeah um and so plus like a flight in a hotel so it ended up being like an eight to nine thousand dollar cost overall yeah
0: um
1: but remember one ten thousand dollar wedding from one of those planners is like covers it Mm -hmm. and so there's not much like on, on the on surface it's it's literally two days of sort of like talks and um that like you show up on monday and you do registration they have amazing gifting I got this, like, luxury, like, bag and and cologne and silk scarves and all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm. Uh, That night, there's a welcome party with, like, music and and sort of the best of the best in terms of entertainment and food and and location and stuff um, and design. And so that was Monday night. And then Tuesday morning, we get dressed we had a surprise location for our speakers. This one happened to be at the, like the 500 year old opera house mm-hmm. in Lake Como downtown. And so people were speaking on stage. I had a seat like in one of the the booths. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool, but we just got to hear speakers like a million, like a, I don't know, like a, a celebrity stylist was there. Mm-hmm. A guy who used to manage was the head editor, chief editor of Departures Magazine spoke. Um, Planners who are like luxury planners in Singapore and stuff spoke. And then, yeah. And then we had afternoon excursions and then there was like an evening party and dinner. Yeah. And it's the same thing on Wednesday, talking, afternoon excursions, and then like a final gala night. And then Thursday we left and that was it. Yeah. But what you're getting which I didn't really describe, it's it's not, and if you've gone to WPPI enough, you know this, it's not about like the information on the stage, it's like the after parties, mm-hmm. conversations at the bar, the conversation in the airport waiting for your luggage, like those kinds of connections are the most valuable. and And that's what it's, it's like giving you a spot in the room, basically.
0: Yeah, wild. I imagine that with this type of thing, that it also kind of becomes like a destination uh, thing. You know, you're describing a room full of people all over the country. And and so this is probably how you ended up, you know, making your way across, you know, photographing 40 plus different countries. Is is that correct? Is this also more of like a destination international type of travel? Uh, like community? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm heading to like one of the first people that ever hired me through engage summits. Uh, I've got another wedding with her. This is like our fourth wedding together, fifth mm-hmm. wedding and it's in Dallas. So I'm, and that's in two weekends for actually it's next weekend, I guess on the Halloween weekend. Okay, so yeah. I'll be in Dallas for another one of these, like, like, you know, high end, low luxury weddings. Um, it's going to be really cool with like a live band. I'm friends with the band guy. Cause he goes to that same conference friends with the florist. Cause they, you know, and so it's like this kind of smaller community, but, um, yeah, I had weddings in Napa this year in Dallas, two weddings in Vail. And these were all from, um, this conference, hmm. but I haven't done many abroad abroad, like in Europe. And so I'm still working on that part. Yeah. yeah. And so
0: there's probably this, this, uh, this time period where things are like, uh, I imagine there's like a scary space. What I'm getting at is this type of a luxury market, you probably don't get hired if you're under 10 K. All right. That's my, that's my guess. You yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. And, and so how did you navigate like making that jump from, we'll call it like ultra premium to luxury because uh, I think there's a difference there I, I really do there's yeah. um, there's a difference between like uh what would be ultra premium like BMW is like ultra mm-hmm. premium. It's not necessarily like luxury, you know, like, um, why did I choose a car analogy, (laughs) Philip? I don't know shit about cars. I
1: know. Well, like luxury would be like Bentley. Bentley. Yeah, 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 Yeah.
0: exactly. Or like, uh, yeah, what's the other one? Uh, Like a Rolls Royce. Like a yeah. Like Rolls a Royce, a hundred suicide yeah, door yeah. Rolls Royce, right? Like that'd be luxury yeah. BMWs ultra premium, right? Yeah. That jump though is a pretty big jump in terms of a price gap. And I'm curious how you navigated that.
1: Well, I mean, I'll say this, honestly, I don't think I'm in the ultra luxury market yet. I think I'm like, just like knocking at the door of it. I, I'm, yeah, or, or maybe like at the bottom part of it, like I haven't, I certainly haven't done a million dollar wedding there's very, very few planners in that. How do I describe this? I guess, you know, before I was to going to engage, almost all of my bookings were just direct to client. It was like, um, client referrals and sort of people finding me on Facebook or friends of friends of friends or that kind of stuff. And so, um, I, I think, I'm sort of in that middle, middle luxury world, not like high luxury. And so, but I guess to answer your question, um, there was a few years where I just was like, I went to engage like three times. I, I paid over $15,000 to attend this conference before I got booked for anything. And so for me that there was a time period where I was just hustling as a photographer, shooting what I was shooting normally. And, um, and then, and then someone finally took a chance on me, you know? And I was also shooting um, decor shots for people before I was actually shooting the weddings. You know, I was shooting, like I said, I was offering to shoot decor for people for like five hundred bucks or six fifty or whatever, and and I would get that in those images for my portfolio. And I was befriending these planners and I was like visiting cities and sort of building those relationships over time. Mm-hmm. Um so it took a while. Uh and I don't know how to answer your question, except that it was, uh, I'll I'll say this one story. Okay. Um, I had a planner in Atlanta who was lovely, met me at one of the first few engages. She was really great. I, I, I said, I'm in town. I'd love to see you. And we hung out like just briefly at, at this, like one of the 16 restaurants that her and her husband own. And she offered me a drink and we chatted and I was like, so what are you, what are most of your brides, um, charging for, or like paying for photography? And at this point, my best um, pricing sheet was like six thousand dollars. I think. I think eight thousand dollars was like the top end of that pricing sheet. It was yeah. like my like man, if, if only I could get it, eight thousand would be it. And she was like, Yeah, most of them are like twelve thousand plus. And and I was like, Oh, oh, okay, like nice, that's great. And, and I like had to swap. She didn't know what I charged or anything. I didn't tell her. Um, but she's like, yeah, send me your price sheet sometime. Maybe like, I, I'd, I'd love to work with you. And so I went home immediately and changed my. Price. I like edited a price sheet for Suzanne, and and I was like, okay, now my low. Like here's a price sheet just for this moment, and it was like, nine thousand. It was like eight thousand, ten thousand, and twelve thousand, just to say that I had like a twelve thousand dollar price. Yeah. And the best part was when I did that, I also had this Indian wedding client um, asking me for a quote and it was kind of a bigger wedding and it was in Florida. And so I gave them that new pricing sheet and I booked my first wedding at $9,000, which like literally two months before that, I didn't even have a pricing sheet that had $9,000 on the, on the sheet. Do you know what I mean? And so I like, I, I don't know how to describe this as like a formula, but I definitely like had a moment where I jumped from sort of mass market into what was like close to luxury there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. Yeah,
0: it totally does. There was a, there was a, there was an opening that you saw and you're like, okay, well maybe for everyone else, it's this pricing, but I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to move some things up. I'm going to see what happens. You got the yes. And it kind of, it began, it it gave you permission, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It totally makes sense.
1: And, and, and honestly, like it's, it's almost like this idea that value is so relative, you know, like whatever the lowest price was on my pricing sheet, that's probably what that client would have done. And so happened to be $9,000 and that's what I got. And that was like, amazingly, it worked. Yeah.
0: I'm on your website right now. And I'm curious, uh, if there's a different, um, if there's a different, a different aesthetic to, to what you show, to get these type of events as I'm on there, I've gone ahead and I've clicked on your portfolio here at the top. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just noticing that for every picture of a, of a person I see, I also see a room, um, for lack of better words, dripping with floral, right? Just like, yeah. you know, yeah. this is uh, yeah, just like flowers everywhere, like two, two, tall flowers. Right. Um, yeah, and I'm curious yeah. how important is, the, the showing of details, the showing of these rooms and spaces to what you do.
1: Um, I I think, and this website's like a couple of years old now, but, um, I think for me, it was really important to show that like, I've been in those rooms, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I, I believed, and I still kind of do still kind of don't, I mean, these are definitely like what we could call ballroom weddings. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, where like, it's just going to be this thing in a ballroom. Um, but, I think because I wasn't showing any of that before that I was like, I got to just show that I can shoot this stuff, that it like exists. um, And you know, that, that I'm capable. And just to put that, like just branding, you know, put that message in planners minds. Yeah. I built this website more for planners than for, for couples. Well, let's, Um, let's
0: even talk about that. You know, this kind of goes back to our original conversation about building relationships with the planners as the client versus the the couple as the client, what are some yeah. of the things that you've done as you say that you've built this more for planners? Yeah. Hey, what are some of the things that you've done maybe a little bit differently with that in mind?
1: Well, cause I, th- I think for planners, what's really important to them is, um, is design. Like I think a planner wants to be really proud of like the amazing event that they made and that they designed. and and so they want to trust that like, if you're there, you can capture that because there's a lot of, like middle tier photographers who are shitty detail photographers. <laughs> and so, and it's a planner's worst nightmare that they're going to come and get, get all their photos back. And they're going to have some like orange, sorry people out there, but it, they're going to have some like orange, um, you know, filter on it or something. And it's just not going to look like what they created. And they want to yeah. be able to showcase like the event that they did, because for them, it's, it's equally important. Like they need to, be able to show their clients that like, Hey, I made this amazing thing and this is what it looks like. And if I'm there just photographing the couple and like maybe just a couple of flower shots, like it's not really going to do them. It doesn't serve them. Yeah. Um, so they, they want to see not only that I can take good pictures of people, which every photographer can, but also that I can capture a room. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I've been, sh- I was showing a lot of that stuff.
0: Yeah, you're you're saying it in the past tense, like maybe it doesn't matter as much. I'm curious if if I'm just picking up on that, or if that's true or not.
1: No, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I, I'm I'm talking as someone who was transitioning into luxury from I would say like middle market, and for me it was really important to convey that that I, you know, can shoot it and I have shot it or whatever. I mean, a lot of those rooms on my website that you saw were. I didn't shoot that wedding. I was the decor photographer, mm. and so so I got these epic shots. And obviously, I can shoot it, but I only got paid like five hundred bucks for that picture. You know, I didn't get paid like ten thousand dollars. And so it was it was I actually need to update it because I've now shot real weddings that have like really epic productions. But um, but that website is is sort of like a moment in time for me when I was showing um, what I want to be shooting, yeah. not what I was shooting. You yeah. know.
0: Yeah, if anyone listening yeah. to the podcast right now wants to see these references I've uh on the in the mastermind group, if you just search for Philip's name, Philip uh Van No V A N No uh you'll see a live video or well it won't be live anymore, but you'll see a video of this. And uh, in there I'm screen sharing uh over um, the yeah. work that we're kind of discussing here. Um Phillip, yeah. for someone who um th- th- this is like this is interesting to them right? Like making this transition, I'd love to end with maybe like a really practical first step, right? Um, what might be one of the first steps for a photographer to take who wants to see if this is kind of the right space for them? Cause I imagine it won't be the right thing for everybody, right? This is definitely like a subset. Yeah. And so what's the first step to take if you're interested or think you might be interested in this type of uh, luxury wedding market?
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean the simplest answer is to invest in yourself. I think you can't you can't live scared or try to try to be cheap or frugal, you know? Like I spent half of my savings going to my first luxury conference like that and the moment I stepped in the door I was like, "Oh, this is 100% worth it." I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm with other people who are equally ambitious, people who are operating at like the best level. They've all been in the game for 10 to 20 years and they're really cool and and I wanted more of that and so but it took really you know I told myself if if I need to have $10,000 in the bank and then I'll spend $5,000 on this ticket to this conference and I just got to $10,000 and so this is scrappy Phil like 6 years ago <laughs> but like I, like I just had $10,000 in the bank and so I like I asked and I paid the ticket and it was like a big chunk and like very scary for me to spend that much money on something that I didn't know what the return would be. But I think investing in yourself in like a tried and true coach, like Ben um, in, in a conference, like engage or something like that, where you know that people have walked the walk and talked the talk and you can put yourself in that room or right. around people who are doing that stuff, it will be always be worth it. And uh, yeah, it's just investing in yourself. It's awesome. That's, that's the big one for me. Yeah.
0: Philip, Thank you for being here today. Where can people find you online? Check out your work. See what see what you're up to. Reach out. Get in touch. Where can they do that at?
1: Yeah, uh, probably the best place is just Philip VN. That's my first name. P H I L L I P V as in Victor, N as in Nancy. That's me on Instagram and my website. I do. I actually do. I shouldn't just promote Ben for coaching because I also do coaching. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome. Ben's probably really great, but, but I actually really like talking about this stuff and I love, uh, helping people uh, cause I, it was like so familiar to me. It's only been in the past like three to five years that I've really made this move and, um, I know what it takes to get there for others. So that's awesome.
0: Philip, thank you for being here, uh, sharing this information, sharing these ideas, uh, getting us all inspired, getting us with our eyes set high, pies to the sky, uh, with what is possible for our business. Really appreciate you, man. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the show. If you would like to uh, take a look at Philip's work, head on over to, wait for it, let me pull this website back up, Philip V N P H I L L I P V N Philip uh, V-N.com. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Until that time, keep
1: showing up.